day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Hundreds of thousands of undocumented immigrants brought here as children won a major victory yesterday in the Supreme Court. In a 5-4 decision, the court ruled against the Trump administration's attempt to end DACA. That is the program that protects these dreamers, as they're often called, from deportation and allows them to work and study here in the United States. It's the latest milestone in a years-long struggle since the program was created under the Obama administration. But this might not be the end of the legal wrangling for dreamers. It is possible that the Trump administration will go back at this issue. We want to start the conversation there today with this second monumental ruling from the Supreme Court this week. And joining us now to talk more about the ruling and its implications here in Metro Detroit is McGladys Bermudez. She is a staff attorney with Justice for Our Neighbors, Michigan McGladys. Welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. It's great to hear from you. Um, great to hear from you, too. So let's start with your reaction to the ruling yesterday. I was surprised that this that this happened. Uh, were you as well? I was very surprised. First of all, I was surprised that Tuesday. Everyone was expecting it on a Monday. Yes. <laughs> um, and when I saw it, I'm like, is this a joke? Who is playing around? I really could not even fathom the idea that it went this way. Uh, we were preparing as a legal community in Detroit for the worst. Um, we were preparing for how to deal with our clients. I had already renewed the DACA of all my clients, even if they were more than six months in, um, still waiting on their DACA. So mm. I, I was just like, let's renew it because we don't know what's going to happen. So it was definitely a pleasant surprise. Um, but the surprise, once you read the, I, I took some time and read the 35-page decision. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, it, it's good. I'm not going to take away from the fact that we now have a more solid DACA. Now we can start doing um, initial applications again, which we couldn't do for the past year or so. Right. Um, but now, you know, I can't take away that it's good, but it doesn't give, give me enough. It's like uh, half of a full course meal. I want the whole thing. I don't want just pieces <laughs> of it. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, that's what I'm left with. We really still need Congress to take this up and make it into law. The Obama administration did this through executive order, hoping that the Congress would make it into law, and they never did. Uh, there is some talk now, though, in Washington, even among Republicans, that they may be crafting something that would address this this issue. So it gives us a little time, I suppose, for that for that to happen. Um, but McGlass, I want to hear you talk a little about what what the impact of this this uh, this debate over this is in in here in our community here in in Detroit. I mean, we have so many people who rely on on this executive order for their very lives. I mean, it, it yeah. really is not an exaggeration to say that, that this is preserving life in America for so many people in our community. The impact in Detroit is huge. Alone in my small office and my small nonprofit, I have over 20 DACA recipients, and that's in a very small office. 
I am surrounded by loved ones who are DACA recipients. Everywhere I go, I meet a DACA recipient. They're, uh, you know, they have better language skills than half of us, right? <laughs> better education than half of us. And even if they didn't, there are, in, in quote-unquote, Americans, right? They mm-hmm. have lived here the majority of their lives. Um, they have studied here. They have committed themselves to the American way and to American traditions. So it's yesterday's um, decision really just gave a spotlight to DACA that I feel like it hasn't been there for a while, right? Yeah. Some Once in a while you hear about DACA recipients and you have a whole storyline, but yesterday actually said, hey, we're here and we're here to stay, yeah. right? We're here and we're going to find a way to make it work. So it was very important that that decision came out for this community. Um, although, again, we know that it's not anything, you know, the decision really doesn't say they cannot rescind DACA. The decisions say the ways that they try to rescind DACA were incorrect, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say they cannot rescind DACA. And I think that's clear for most DACA recipients, but it doesn't really matter at this point. What matters at this point is that we have more time. Yeah. We can now take initial DACAs. We can now keep renewing our DACA, and we can now wait, as you said, for Congress to hopefully act and give us more permanence. Yeah. So it's very important. This decision really changed the lives of many, many, many young people here in Detroit. I want to welcome someone else to the conversation. It's someone else that we have also talked to before here on Detroit Today. Juan Gonzalez-Martinez is a DACA recipient from Southwest Detroit who will be attending law school at Loyola University in Chicago. Juan, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, I, I'm really glad that you're with us this 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 day because uh, you're somebody who is directly affected by all of this. And the last time we talked, you and I talked about the the precarious nature of of your future because we didn't know what would happen. We didn't know whether the Trump administration was going to be able to end this program and that people. Uh, would be in in really bad situations. So I, I really want to get your reaction to what happened yesterday and tell us what it means for your life. I mean, it allowed me a chance to, to breathe, to breathe again, you know, normally and not be filled with anxiety constantly. I mean, I would, uh, every like Monday and Thursday, I would refresh Twitter every five minutes to see if I can get some kind of update. But that's how it was for the past couple months. And yesterday, I mean, as I mean, as mentioned earlier, we were expecting the worst. I was too. So when it came down, the Supreme Court decided in favor of DACA. It literally brought me to tears. So I was pleasantly shocked yesterday at the decision. And and talk about how your life has progressed since the last time. Uh, we talked. You've been on the show several times. We've been able to keep up with you through a number of significant points in your journey. Uh, remind our listeners about your personal story and your goals for the future and, and how DACA f- fits into all of that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start from, from high school. It's brief. Uh, coming out of high school, I was working part-time, whatever job I could get, and you know, put myself through school. And then DACA came along, and I was able to get a job and start working on getting my education and, you know, working, getting a driver's license, all kinds of positive things that DACA allowed me to do. 
And once it was in peril, it really put all of that in peril. So, but since the last time we spoke, I was able to finish up my bachelor's over at Wayne State University, and I actually just moved to Chicago um, about a week and a half ago, and I'll be starting law school this fall. Wow, wow. And if if this program were rescinded, what what kind of consequences would you face? It would make law school a lot harder. And then what comes after that, right? I would have to figure out if I'd be able to even practice law. I would have dedicated uh, four years of undergrad and three years of law school without being able to actually do the job that I have been dreamed of doing for the past couple of years now. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to mention, you know, the internships and that kind of stuff that happens over the summer. I wouldn't be able to do that. And then if I needed to, you know, raise some money to be able to survive out here in Chicago, I wouldn't be able to do that. Or at least it'd be, you know, 10 times harder without DACA. So mm. it definitely would uh, alter things for the worst. Yeah. Uh, McGladys, I would imagine that you have a number of clients who are in the same disposition as as yeah. Juan. Um, and there is some confusion even now about what to do or what not to do. Uh, but give us some sense of what perhaps the next six months up until mm-hmm. the election, I guess, in November might look like uh, in, in terms of just making sure that, that people are able to, to do the things that they should be able to do because they live in this country. Yes, that is a very good question and very important to talk about this. Um, the decision isn't very clear as to what it, what the people can do, right? What what the benefits are, but it is clear that it that it uh, took away these lawsuits that were in place by the Trump administration. By doing so, that means that one, anyone that has DACA can continue to renew DACA until otherwise stated, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, everyone is free to renew their DACA. Two. It means that initial DACA applications can be submitted. That was taken away back in 2016 or 2017 when the Trump administration decided to even start the to rescind DACA. So that has been around for a long time. That is a big, big deal. So to anyone who may be listening, who has a who fits within the DACA frame but hasn't been able to obtain DACA because, you know, for any other reasons, they couldn't fill it out. Um, Find someone, find a reputable attorney. Our offices are definitely willing and able to take on new DACA clients. So reach reach out to us at our website. But anything, reach out to someone to help them fill out this paperwork. It is an important time. We don't know if the Trump administration is going to take this back to court. Mm. We hopefully, hopefully don't have to worry about that in elections. But if we do have to worry about it after elections, again, we don't know what the Trump administration is going to do. So it's very important that we find something, that we find some some way to get all the DACA applications submitted as we can. As many as we can, we need to submit. Yeah. Um, Juan, can you give me a sense of, in your family, in your community, what this ruling means, what DACA means? Uh, it's not just about you and your story. Uh, it's about lots of people. Um, I, I wonder if, if, if uh, today... Uh, you're reflecting on on the the implications of this and how widespread they are. Yeah, uh, it's for hundreds of thousands of uh, 
people everywhere. I have uh, young family members that are close to me that uh, will be able to now apply for the first time. So mm. they can graduate from high school and have it work for me. And I have to go through some of the things that I went through and others went through. And it's a sense of relief for a lot of people. But it's also not enough. It's also we have to recognize, as you guys, as you guys mentioned earlier, that this is only a bandage on a huge problem that we have regarding okay. immigration. Because there are millions of undocumented people that have to live through that struggle and DACA might, isn't a relief for them. So this is why we have to keep pushing. That's why yesterday was a celebration. It was definitely a win and it felt good. But today we have to keep fighting for a permanent solution for everybody. Yeah. Um, McGladys, uh, what is the what is the chance that we get something, some action out of Congress to make this permanent? I, I have heard some Republican senators talk about the fact that they want to work on this and and start thinking about ways to make this status permanent. But uh, yeah. of course, you've got you've got a president who I think, at least right now, um, uh, who would not be enthused about about yeah. that we have to be realistic right this the the daca comes from a long battle for the dream act right daca doesn't come out of nowhere president mm-hmm. obama didn't just say hey let's do this right mm-hmm. no there was a a large group of mostly youth uh trying to fight for a dream act trying to fight for congress to do something hey what about us right mm-hmm. and it was always with congress our talk was always hey congress do something and that took years and years and all these votes and congress would always fall short and then obama came up with this executive action so being realistic i think there is lots of drive right now i think it's good it's the movement is good it's time to reach out to congress it's time to reach out to people and say hey support us help us right but i don't know how far that would go just looking at the track record right looking at what has been there was even talks about uh getting something more permanent during the trump administration and once the talk got a little you know offensive to our president he decided that he didn't want to do it yeah right he didn't want to continue with it so um, being optimistic, I hope so, and it's good that there's talks about it, but being a little bit more realistic, this has gone years, and I don't think it's going to happen in this administration, but I hope it does. Yeah, I really do. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the Supreme Court ruling on DACA. Uh, Juan Gonzalez Martinez, I want to thank you for being here with us, uh, and good luck to you, of course, as you begin you. law school in Chicago this fall. Miglatis uh, Bermudez, we're going to keep you with us, uh, and we want to add callers to the conversations here. Give us a call. Tell us what your reaction is to the Supreme Court's decision to uphold DACA. We especially want to hear from you if you are someone who is directly affected by this. If you're a dreamer or if you're one of your loved ones is a dreamer, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We want to hear what this meaning, what this ruling means to you. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Miglanis Bermudez. She is a staff attorney with Justice for Our Neighbors, Michigan, and we are talking about yesterday's Supreme Court ruling on DACA, on DREAMers, uh, young people who were brought here uh, in some cases as infants who don't know another country as home, who were protected by an Obama administration executive order that prevented their deportation. The Trump administration, when it was elected in 2016, came in and said that they wanted to end that program. The Supreme Court said yesterday that they may be able to end that program, but they can't do it in the way that they did, that it was capricious and arbitrary. This is a ruling that has a massive effect on people all across the country, but also has a real effect right here in southeast Michigan, where we count uh, lots of people from who have come here from other countries as our neighbors and our friends and our family. Uh, we want to hear from you about your reaction to the Supreme Court ruling on DACA. What do you think about dreamers? What do you think about their future? And what do you think about the future of their legality? Are you hopeful that Congress can come up with a permanent solution for these people and uh, their futures? Or uh, are you somebody who is uh, taking the other stance on immigration and thinks we need a harder stance uh, on who comes to this country and under what circumstances? Uh, We especially want to hear from you if you're someone who is directly affected by this ruling. Are you somebody who is protected by DACA, who is able to work or go to school because you're a dreamer. Uh, Tell us what you think about uh, yesterday's ruling, what it means for your life. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put comments there, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Miglanis, DACA is not the only issue, of course, that immigrants face uh, in in this uh, in this community or in this country, uh, give us a sense of how the, the the DACA issue though fits into the larger immigration questions that we that we face, and whether this ruling maybe gives a little momentum to uh, to to the efforts to solve some of the, some of our other problems. Yes, I've always said that immigration has unfortunately, taken a very political undertone in our politics, in our way of being, right? It's very very much a wedge issue. It's become a black or white Republican-Democrat issue. And it's sad because it's dealing with people, right? It's not an issue that deals with, like, streets or, or resources. We're dealing with people's lives. And it's become very politicized, and especially in the, in the era we're living now. Um, here in Southwest Detroit or in, in, in Detroit in general, there's many issues that are faced by our immigrant population, DACA just being one of them. But there's also mass deportations. We are a border state. We have many incarcerations. We had recently one jail that had a lot of COVID um, positive inmates, right, and detainees, and we're like, hello, what's going on? What are you going to do about this? So there's a lot of work to be done in this area just because of the large number of of people of enforcement that we're getting and the closeness to a border. 
Um, there's also issues with, yeah, we're going to give the children um, and we're going to give DACA recipients work authorization and we're going to keep them from deportation and we're going to help them X, Y, or Z, but what about their parents, right? Or uh, is that ever going to be permanent? They are never going to be able to get citizenship if we keep letting this be a political uh, issue. Unfortunately, I don't know how to change this from being an, a political issue, um, but there is an impact. Now, is this going to be a momentum? I hope so. I hope this allows um, especially our Democrat counterparts are, are more um, the party that's more willing to work with us to notice, hey, um, immigrants need something. We need reform. We need immigration reform. We need to change the way things are because what we've been doing isn't working anymore. Yeah. yeah. It uh, isn't working. Uh, what's interesting to me is that uh, immigration took center stage at the beginning of the Trump administration because of the things that the president and and his cabinet were doing to change the way that people are coming to this country or to change yeah. the way that people are even allowed to come to this country. It, it took more of a backseat as other issues came to the fore. But DACA reminds us, I think, that, that uh, these are still issues very much in play and they are changing yeah. quite a bit. The, the administration continues to refashion, I guess, uh, is, is uh, a kind way to put it, uh, the, the entire infrastructure uh, of immigration in this country. Yeah. Because immigration is a federal issue, the Trump administration, through the Department of Homeland Security and through the Attorney General, can change immigration law in a snap of a finger. They just write something down and they can change immigration law. Yeah. Right. Obviously, not every component of it, but a lot of components of it. Since the Trump administration has taken um, office, there has been more than 100 changes to immigration law. And mostly all of them, I would say all of them have been to the detriment of immigrants. Mm. Mm. So it's a really hard time to be practicing. It's a hard time to be an immigrant. It's a hard time to be an ally. It's a hard time to be in this community, knowing that every day you don't know what the administration is going to throw at us. We really don't know. And and I also see a connection, I guess, between these issues and the issues that people are in the streets about right now and very angry mm-hmm. about. This mm-hmm. idea of systemic inequality, systemic racism. Yeah. These are also the foundations for anti-immigration policy. These are also the foundations for... Uh, increased border patrols and sweeps and all of the things that we have seen lots of over the last four years. And, and maybe it's an opportunity, I guess, to, to marry those, those issues uh, in in a more determinist and and intentional way. And, And to say, it's not just about one or the other, but that all of these things belong in the same conversation and deserve the same amount of advocacy. Yes, exactly. I saw a, I think it was a Facebook post that said, when, if the Supreme Court has never made a ruling that can affect you personally or your race, then you have privilege, mm. right? And, and it, and it kind of makes sense, right? Like the Supreme Court had to make this decision that affected 
an entire population of people. And we've seen this in many cases on in our uh, black community, right? The Supreme Court has to make decisions that would affect the entire black community. But if you have not been that that community that's being affected, then you probably are in a privileged community in a privileged area. I think it's important to re- recognize more than ever, as you said, that this is a united front, a united battle, right? That it is not you, me, it's not, it's us. It should be us um, more than ever because it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's the people that are in control, the people that have the power do not see a difference between us, yeah. right? Yes. It is, it is what it is. We, we need to be united in this. Yeah. I mean, there are different reasons for discrimination against exactly. certain kinds of people, but what they have in common is the discrimination itself uh, and the, yes. the drive of the majority population in many cases uh, to enforce that uh, discrimination. <clears throat> okay, McGladys Bermuda, staff attorney with Justice for Our Neighbors, Michigan. It's always great to talk with you, and I'm really glad that Thank you joined us here on Detroit Today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. All right. uh, Up next, we are going to talk about Juneteenth. We're going to talk with local attorney and activist Chase Cantrell about a new tradition that he and the nonprofit Building Community Value are hoping to start for black men in America. We're also just going to talk about Juneteenth itself. Should it be a federal holiday? Why is it getting more attention this year than it has in the past? Stay with us on Detroit Today.